A reading from the books of Acts. Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues to Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he was going along, approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, Who are you, Lord? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless because they heard a voice, but saw no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could not see. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. For three days he was without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, he answered, Here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas look for a man from Tarsus named Saul. At this moment Saul is praying, and he had seen in a vision a man named Ananias come and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has the authority from the chief priests to bind all who invoke your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is an instrument who I am chosen to bring my name before Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias went and entered the house. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the way here has sent me that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and his, night, and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. For several days he was with the disciples in Damascus, and immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. The word of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Saul of Tarsus was not seeking conversion. No, what Saul was seeking was the arrest of that band of non-believers, non-believers in his Jewish religion, those renegades, those false prophets, those who called themselves Christians. He was seeking them to be arrested. He was breathing murder and threats. And he was so convinced of his rightness, so convinced of what God had as God's will for God's people, and so convinced that he was an instrument of God to bring that right understanding to his people 
that he was not content to go around and arrest the Christians in Jerusalem. No, he was going to travel even up to Damascus. And so he secured a warrant for the arrest of those Christians whom he might find there. He was, with every fiber of his being, convinced that he was right and that they were wrong. He would traverse land and sea to do God's will and to bring those who were blaspheming the name of God to correction. But on his way, the Lord Jesus himself resurrected and at this time ascended to the right hand of the Father, appeared to Saul on the road. And at that moment, for Saul, his whole world came crashing down. It was the beginning of the end of everything that he had known and everything he felt so secure about. Everything was turned upside down. But Paul's conversion is just one that we read about in Acts chapter 9. There's another one. Though we don't often talk about it as a conversion, it was most certainly a conversion. Ananias, already a disciple of the Lord, was in Damascus, and the Lord Jesus appeared to him in a vision. And the Lord said to Ananias, Ananias, and we hear by his response that he was a faithful disciple. He said, here I am, Lord. But then, then came the word of Jesus of what the Lord had for Ananias to do. He said, I want you to go and minister to Saul of Tarsus. And it's at this point that we see that Ananias was in need of a conversion. Because Ananias, hearing this very clear word from the Lord, did not respond with obedience, but with objections. He did not respond out of faith, but out of fear. Ananias responds, but that's all the more we need to know. If the Lord Jesus speaks to you a clear word of command and your first word is not yes, (laughs) but, but, (laughs) that's all we need to know. Ananias was in need of a conversion. He needed to be converted to the Lord's way of seeing things. Ananias, I want you to go to Saul I want you to lay your hands on him that he may receive the Holy Spirit. I want you to baptize him. He is my chosen instrument. Not to do the work that he thinks he's doing now, but to go and to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, son of God, before Gentiles and kings and the people of Israel. And he will learn what it means to to suffer for the sake of my name. 
Don't you worry about that. What I want you to do is to get up and go. Now, at some point, we know that Ananias was converted because from the place where he was, his home, where he had had this vision, you know, to the place on Straight Street, the house of Judas, where he met Saul of Tarsus, we know he was converted because his first words to the one who had been persecuting the church, the one who had come to that city with warrants of arrest, that same one he greeted with these words, Brother Saul. He had gone from seeing Saul as an enemy to being a brother. We, like Saul, can be utterly convinced of our righteousness, our own right thinking from time to time. So much so that we might even try to silence those who think differently than we do. How many of our attempts at uh, writing a perceived injustice are, or writing what we perceive to be social wrongs really at the end of the day are boiled down to more about our view of things, our agenda, than they are really about God's way of seeing things, God's will, God's agenda. We, like Ananias, can be flooded with fear and obstinate in our objections when we hear Jesus give to us commands that would press us outside of our comfort zones. We find ourselves praying, please, Jesus, don't make me talk to that person. I'll be a missionary to Africa, just don't make me talk to my neighbor. In short, we, like Saul and Ananias, need to be converted. Conversion is what happens when Jesus breaks into your world and turns it upside down. All of that which you thought was so secure, everything that you had built your life upon that is not the gospel is stripped from you. And instead, you are given the pure word of the gospel, that strong, firm foundation of Jesus Christ risen from the dead for you, the forgiveness of your sins. And you discover that everything else that you had built your life upon was merely shifting sand or a pile of rubbish. Conversion, that is to say, is not a pleasant event. It doesn't feel good to be converted. It feels like a death because it is the loss of those things that we are so convinced of. Those things that uh, we felt so secure in that were outside of the gospel. As Jesus himself said regarding Saul, I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. And it's not Saul alone who suffers for the sake of Jesus' name. 
When you're doing the work that Jesus sends you to do, there is suffering, there is heartache. It is uncomfortable. That is to say that conversion is not something that you can rightly understood make a decision for. It's not something that you can weigh the options and analyze the alternatives and uh, make a choice based on reason. Saul didn't, you know, try to rationalize, you know, and weigh, you know, the, the claims that the Christians were making versus the claims that he was so convinced of. No, he was simply brought to his knees before the risen Lord Jesus, quite against his own will. The same for Ananias. What do you do when the risen Lord Jesus appears to you in a vision and says, get up and go? Well, he's your Lord. You may not feel like going, but what's the alternative, really? You go. The only choice to be made was the choice that Jesus made, and he made the decision For you, Jesus chose you. He did this when he chose to go to the cross for you, to die on the cross for your sins, for my sins, the sins of the whole world, to take all of those sins upon himself, to die there that we might have life. And rising from the dead, He comes and he proclaims peace to you. Saul was not seeking conversion, but the Lord Jesus was. Saul himself would later write, even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a a persecutor, a man of violence, the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. He writes those words in 1 Timothy chapter 1. The gifts of overflowing love and faith were soon evident in Saul's life for just days after arriving in Damascus and receiving this visit from Ananias. Saul was in the synagogues, not proclaiming what he used to proclaim, but now proclaiming Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the Son of God. Saul was converted. And Ananias, we don't hear any more about him, but he had done the work that God had given him to do. They were converted. The gospel had laid hold of Saul and Ananias and had converted them from their old way of being to a new way of being. And that same gospel that laid hold of them laid hold of you. When you were baptized just as Kinsley Marie will be baptized today. And the Lord will lay hold of her through his gospel, bring her out of the realm of darkness into his marvelous light. You will witness this morning a conversion as God adopts Kinsley as his very own daughter in Christ and applies to her all of the the wonderful promises that Christ gives to us of the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation.
raising her up out of those waters, God will give to her faith in his word. So that when he speaks to her, where he leads her, she will follow. And you, as her brothers and sisters in Christ, will make promises today that you will help her in this. For none of us can do this on our own. God uses brothers and sisters in Christ to encourage us. God could have just claimed and made uh, Saul an apostle right on the spot, but instead he used Ananias to go, to lay hands on and pray for him and to baptize him. So it is that you also are instruments of God to do the work that God has given you to do. For the risen Lord Jesus has work for you to do, just as he had work for Saul to do, to go to proclaim Christ risen from the dead to Gentiles, to kings, to all of Israel. The first step in all of that was this command of the Lord Jesus to Saul, get up. And the first Step for Ananias in doing the work that God had for him to do, to go and to baptize and, and lay hands on Saul, began with this step get up. The work that Jesus has for you to do, the work that he has for you to do in your homes, in your places where you work and play. That work, wherever it is that he is leading you, it begins with those same words, get up and go. And we go with the fellowship of our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we go knowing that our Lord Jesus goes with us. He doesn't just meet us here and then send us out. He is out in our communities. He's in the places where he would send you. And so... Trusting in that promise, brothers and sisters, let's get up and go. In the name of Jesus, amen.